0: Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It is Tuesday, the twenty fifth of September, and joining me on the line once again it is David Beaton, aka Deadbat. How are you doing, David? I'm
1: not too bad. Thank you for having me back.
0: No, I, I appreciate you uh, you missing Manchester United versus Derby in the uh, Carabao Cup this evening to talk to me instead. It's very generous.
1: Yeah, I forgot there were actually any games tonight. My my feelings on that particular competition.
0: Yeah, uh, to be honest, I think that's probably shared by some of the managers and players as well, so no no big deal there. But today we're going to talk about uh, a surprisingly dramatic win for Sheffield United this weekend, uh, which we'll come on to what I mean by that in a moment, but... Um, United beat Preston 3-2 uh, at Bramall Lane, so back to winning ways after a disappointing performance and draw midweek and a, a frustrating loss uh, at Bristol City the weekend before. So, yeah, slightly a stri- slightly strange week for United I thought in that we uh, we lost a game that I thought we deserved something from, we got a point from one we probably deserved to lose against Birmingham. And then this game against Preston, we were significantly better than them and almost threw it away, uh, but fortunately did manage to get a, a late winner ourselves. Is that a, do you think that's a fair summary of, um, of how it went on Saturday, a sort of game we were well on top, almost threw away, and then did deserve the result that we actually got in the end?
1: Yeah, it was it was it was a really odd odd sort of afternoon. I mean, mm. ultimately we, we got three points, and it was kind of a performance more akin to what what we've expected out of United in sort of recent times. But I don't know, it was a strange feeling at full time because it, it, I felt it was more of kind of relief than real euphoria, and it just was a, a, a strange game in how it, it it ended up. I mean, it was it was a significant improvement from the Birmingham game. Mm. In- performance, entertainment, everything we did was was just better. It was the tempo, that you know, the way we had the control of the ball, the passing, just the basics. Um I mean obviously we brought some of the mainstays back in terms of the the wing backs, the the, the perhaps the two kind of preferred strikers at the moment. Mm. And the, and the kind of key midfield trio I think all got back to some kind of semblance of form and there were different levels of kind of returns to form and I think you you said on, on the website I think perhaps some of them probably benefited certainly players that came back in from a bit of a rest and as much as we were criticising Wilder's kind of choices in the week and thinking whether he changed too much, then the kind of flip side of that is we, we saw a better performance and, and some of those did seem a little bit a, a bit fresher. And undoubtedly for me, we deserved to win the game. Um, we played pretty well. And I think if the game had finished 2-0, everyone would have gone away saying, yeah, about right, in terms of, you know, in terms of score margin, performance, uh, how Preston played and all kind of gone home happy. But it, it was just quite surreal from around about that 80-minute mark because even though Preston had had more of the ball, they'd it, kind of shown some forays and they'd kind of probed through us a little bit. I don't think they really created very much. And even with the the, the strange tactical change, which I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to later, mm. it, just, it was just quite bizarre. It was all of a sudden, you know, the first real significant chance they had, they scored. And then a minute later, they scored again. And all of a sudden you're just kind of there with your head in your hands thinking, how have we managed to turn a routine kind of comfortable win into a chuck away? And then you're thinking, is this going to get even worse? But I think, <laughs> fortunately, Preston kind of, I don't know, from, from from getting level and thinking, oh, they could go on and win this, they, they kind of sat back and we changed the formation back again. They kind of thought, oh, we'll hang on to what we've got. We're struggling at the moment. And then we went right to the other end and, and scored the winner. And then despite the... Sort of a disproportionate amount of stoppage time added on. We kind of we <laughs> kind of split it out, but it was just a just a strange way to end end the game. So a game we controlled into the possession, more shots. Um, we had so much more of the ball than them. I didn't quite do as much with it as, as I'd hoped, but I think a lot of that was down to the fact that they just had, they were just so negative. Had so many men behind the ball, mm. uh, but in the end, ultimately, it's three points, a better performance. We all got entertained at the end and. Um, yeah, I suppose it's uh, kind of happy days in terms of where we are in the table, and um, I think it would have been a completely different kind of conversation we're having touch. If we'd if it had been finished two-two, it it would have been you know a, a real blow in terms of kind of um, how we'd played on Saturday to to kind of just toss away a, a, a sort of routine three points really.
0: Yeah, no, I think you made a lot of uh, interesting points there. Actually, I'm going to try and <laughs> remember them and come back to them in turn. But yeah. It, You know, one of the things I I tried to, uh, I I guess, intended to do when I started this podcast was um, to try and, this sounds stupid as a football fan, but try and not be too influenced by the results, if you like. So, I mean, that point you made there about how we'd be having a, well, I mean, yeah, we'd be completely down in the dumps, to be honest, if we'd drawn that game off the back of a, you know, rubbish performance midweek and a loss the week before. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's amazing in football how, like, one goal one can completely... kick of the ball, isn't it? it changes yeah, exactly. the whole mood. Definitely. But I think the other thing you made was really interesting is it, just the surrealness of this game and, and the way that, you know, we were... Maybe we could talk about this in a bit more detail in a moment, but, you know, the way we were completely on top with one formation and then, you know, Preston for probably about 70 minutes or so, 65 minutes had just been so negative, so defensive, and then suddenly they thought, oh, actually... Even though we're, you know, we're already two nil down, let's have a go, uh, and got some joy out of it. So we then changed formation, which made it worse. I felt like Preston got level. We changed formation back. They also went back into contain mode, and suddenly looked terrible again. And we went down the other end and scored. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just a really bizarre thing. I mean, um, I remember at two nil, sat there thinking, ah, oh, another. You know, obviously, I was very happy winning 2-0, but I was thinking, another pretty drab game with Preston. I think we talked about this on the last podcast. You know, They always seem to be fairly rubbish games. You know, Not a lot happens, usually only one or two goals. And then suddenly it's 2 all, and a minute later it's 3-2. So, yeah, it, it, as I said at the top, it was a, a surprisingly exciting win, but definitely one that we deserved, I think. I mean, just to quickly tick off the events... Uh, Sharp gave us the lead with, uh, with McGoldrick sort of it kind of almost outpaced the defender actually to get on the end of a through ball. His shot was saved and Sharp tapped it in. Second half, uh, Basham with a a fantastic header off a Norwood free kick. It was it was kind of similar to the goal we conceded at Bristol City, I thought, and I've seen a lot of other people say that as well. And the way it kind of looped into the top corner past the goalkeeper.
1: Such a good delivery, wasn't it? The speed of the of the of the hit and the whip on it, a yeah. great header. But he did only need that kind of helping on the way, sort of thing. And mm. set plays have just made. I know we had the the Birmingham game, which have, uh, uh, have uh, come down from what we've seen from him. But he kind of got back to that level of of his corners and free kicks on Saturday.
0: Yes, that did make mid midweek look like an anomaly, which is good. <laughs> Um, and then I guess, yeah, Preston sort of changed attitude, changed formation a little bit. They brought on uh, Daniel Johnson, who uh, plays in midfield, always seems to do pretty pretty well against us whenever I've seen him. And, yeah, got a goal from uh, from a cross from the wing, which Callum Robinson turned in. And then minutes later, Johnson himself scored from a, another cross from the other wing. Unfortunately, uh, went back up the other end, end of Stevens with a, a brilliant sort of run and assist for McGoldrick to get his goal in front of the cop. And, uh, yeah, a deserved win. So, I guess where to start here. I mean, we mentioned the rotated players um, coming back in. I think that that definitely had a had a sort of improve, had an impact on our performance. I think, but also the the midfield three just played better as well. I mean, we, we talked about this the other week. You know, this you almost felt after that Birmingham game. There's just there's just no way those three are all going to play like like that again at the same time. And, yeah, right from the first whistle, you could see Norwood, Fleck, Duffy are all, you know, somewhere close to the levels that we've seen so far this season. The ball's just being, you know, moved around much more quickly. But, yeah, I, I guess I just want to just talk a little bit about Preston themselves, who were obviously... They're now bottom of the league after that defeat. Um, and I just thought their approach to this game was... Was just baffling to be honest. It was, it was, it was
1: incredible. I mean, I think that they start the game third, fourth from from bottom, something like that. Yeah. Clearly need, needed points. Need points. It's not a team that's you know middle of the league and coming down. and think oh we'll take a point. They've got to get out of this rut sort of thing that they're in and try and somehow they've just been been beat beat well, beat heavily at Leeds. And from minute one, they were, the, the way they set up. One up top, like you say, Robinson. Uh, sorry, uh, Johnson, one of the key players left on the bench. It was. I mean, it was very difficult for United to kind of break through. And whilst mm. I criticised them at times on started thinking, are mm, we moving it? We moved it quicker than Birmingham, but still, are we moving it quick enough? Are we have we created enough? It was really difficult to get through them because it was just packed out the defence. I mean, mm. they they barely had a man in our half for for a good portion of that first half. Um, and the goalkeeper was time-wasting from sort of within the first five minutes. He yeah. repeated this two or three times first half. I, I don't know what it is about referees with kind of not booking people for time-wasting in the first half. It almost seems like almost an in, unwritten rule that you, you can't book anyone for time-wasting in the first half. So it's, it's still time-wasting. Yeah. Um, and he had a word a couple of times. And, and even when it went 1-0, which was, was about 30 minutes, 35 minutes, there was still a, a fair bit of the first half left. And he didn't... They didn't change their approach at all. They just stayed exactly as they are. There was no kind of oh, we now need to come out a little bit." We, you know, we're going to get nothing here. We need, we need to, we need to move things around. Second half, same again. We started actually better. Second half, got the second goal and sort of five ten minutes after that it was still quite slow and then then obviously they made the change and they gradually sort of came back into it they I think again you made a really good point that when we played Villa I think they we, we kind of let Villa sort of move it from side to side and back again they didn't really penetrate sort of in the important areas uh, whereas Preston I thought did start to move move it around a little bit and they found some little gaps and little mm. And I think as I say Johnson made a difference and he got in those little areas but their final ball, and then probably even though they had a lot more of the ball for, for sort of a 10 so they didn't. They didn't really. I can't recall many many chances. They had a few set plays and corners, but even when obviously we, we made the changes to try and negate that kind of um, improvement that they'd had, and we certainly didn't have the ball as much. I never. I, I think even when they scored the first goal, I I, I didn't think oh they're going to they were going to score. It'd been coming because I'd not yeah. seen any chances, but then as soon as the first one goes in, it's kind of panic stations and back on the attack instantly and then all of a sudden it's it's 2-2 and you're kind of just scratching your head how, the, how that's happened but as, as a side I thought I thought was the poorest side I've seen down at Bramall Lane if you take away you, you said it earlier you have to look at the performance and as down as we would have been if it had finished 2-2 for, for almost you know 60-65 minutes they, they'd never even they never even laid a glove on us they never even tried to attack it was just It was just really negative, and um, whether it's down to confidence, whether it's down to obviously not picking up many points, they're a side that did really well last season, finished Mm. similar position to us, and they've just, they've, I know they've lost a few players, they've had a few players injured and suspended, but they, yeah, they're going to have to change, change their approach if they want to move away from the from the bottom of the table, I think. Yeah,
0: and I think they will move away. I mean, they have got some good players. Yeah, I I agree. You know, I, I thought they'd be. I thought they'd not do as well this season as last season when I think they finished seventh or it was right just outside the playoff spots anyway. Um, but yeah, there's there's no way they're going to be right down at the bottom. But but I mean that that, that was kind of the point that you know I almost thought their approach is is harming them. You know, trying to keep it tight. But this <laughs> you saw what happened when they actually had a go at us, and you know we've only kept I think it's two clean sheets in our nine games. So you know we're not we're not impregnable at the back by any means. So yeah it was it was really really weird i mean i do just want to talk uh, get your kind of take on on what happened like <laughs> how this actually happened because yes obviously preston you know they made a few changes and they they did change their attitude a little bit but they as you say they were they suddenly went from absolute nothing to being extremely dominant for about 20 minutes i mean i pulled some of the stats in my kind of uh, conclusions piece just on on the com, but in the 20 minutes between 65 and 85 minutes, they uh, they completed 112 passes to our 39, of which more than half... Oh, sorry, exactly half were in the attacking third. So they completed 55 passes in the attacking third in those 20 minutes, and only another 22 in the rest of the game. So suddenly they managed to... Well, they not only you know changed their intentions a bit, but actually were able to kind of exert their will on the game to an extent that almost neither team had been able to do at that point. And we tried to kind of address this, I thought, by changing formation. Uh, We brought on Marvin Johnson, uh, and it looked like we we went to five in midfield, moved moved Basham into midfield, and went with the back four. But either way, it it didn't work.
1: And, yeah, it was just... It's interesting, because I've heard a few people with different opinions of what we actually did with the formation. That probably sums it up, that nobody actually quite knew what what the new formation was. And I was (laughs) the same as you. I thought you kind of moved Bash into sort of the just-in-front-of-the-defence. Yeah you put Johnson on the on the left side sort there's a bit of a shield I think for uh, in front of Steve because Johnson was um for Preston was getting in down that end and uh, sort of around the right hand side um Duffy was sort of floating around sort of just in, he still remained in a midfield area but it was almost like a 4141 or a 451 but the players just I don't know I mean I think one of the things Again, you you made a really good point on your website about kind of changes, and I've I've been quite critical at times, saying we've not really had a plan B or mm. not plan C. We've not not thought about if teams you know change things up, how we can change things. And um, as amazing a job as Wild has done, sometimes we've kind of been a little bit stubborn, a little bit in terms of our kind of tactical approach to, to games. Well, sadly, he actually did change it. He tried to change it, and probably the right thing because they had had a lot of the ball. Um, but it, it, like you said, it just made us worse. And they almost had more of the ball. They were coming through. I think by going to almost a, a, a four at the back, it, the, the the two kind of wing backs who would play wider almost came inside more because the defence had to almost kind of tighten up, sort of mm. thing, into a space. And that left more gaps. I mean, both goals came, I don't think it was necessarily a direct fault to Stevens and Freeman because there'd been a lot of running with the ball through midfield up to that point. But. There was there was quite a significant gap down both sides that, that led to kind of unopposed crosses coming over, and then in the middle, we kind of it was almost like two v two, which was was really strange in terms of they were almost queuing up on on yeah. both balls. Um, if I think if the, the the guy hadn't scored, I think there was someone else who potentially could have. It was a bit of fortune with a with a second. I think it actually was going wide, having looked at the, yeah at the at the, at the replay, but. Um, no, it just it just didn't work. And I don't necessarily blame Marvin Johnson for that. It wasn't like he came on was you know appalling in terms of what he did on the ball or anything like that. Not no. involved in the winner, but it was. It, yeah, he, he, I think sometimes it's kind of a case of better the devil you know. And I think some fans, including I include myself in this, we cry out for these changes or tweaks or we need to. And I think I'll be honest at the time when we were losing some of the initiative and it was still two 0 I was saying we need, we need to change it. We need. Mm. to ch- whether it's formation or whether it's, you know, some fresh legs. Um, but I, I always think when you when you take a striker off and you go to that kind of one up front, it's it's just the message it sends to the, the opposition. And, and they can obviously put extra men forward and it, we seem to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And whilst they didn't have lots of chances, it's like us with the, the goal in the first half, just the weight of kind of passing, the weight of possession, the, the weight of having to defend... There's always going to be... The ball's always going to fall and there's always going to be a chance and, and they got that. And then after that, um, I think they kind of sent the blood a little bit. Why they didn't keep going with the same approach after after they made it 2-2, I, I really don't know.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, we were just... You know, we were just unable to clear our lines at all. I, I thought, unfortunately, the midfield three had been very good up to this point, completely disappeared. I mean, the, the stats were in... You know, during that twenty-minute spell I mentioned, uh, Fleck attempted six passes in twenty minutes. Norwood nine and Duffy six. So what's that? Twenty-one passes between them in twenty minutes. Whereas before, you know, they were constantly on the ball, constantly moving us. And you know, that's not really—that's almost not a criticism of them. It's just like the the system that we were moved into, and just yeah, completely unable to get on the ball. Help us get out. And up the pitch, I suppose. So- I think
1: they are always going to have a spell in the game, and we dominated yeah. so much of the, 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 you know, the ball and, and the territory that, that I expected Preston to, to come a bit again, like Villa did, and other teams. They were always going to have a spell, but I think the frustrating thing is when we did get the ball, a few times we got it, we kind of panicked, and we were just kind of just knocking it long, or we were losing it, or the touches started to go awry, and um i can't remember us keeping it from like you say for more than two or three passes for a sort of 10 ten, minute spell so it was inevitable that they were going to get some chances but i don't know that i don't think they'd been great when they when they'd got into those areas they they just didn't seem to have that quality to us. and i think when it when it came it was again i, I still thought it was a bit of a surprise and um it, it just just all of a sudden just looked like it was going to fall apart
0: mm, indeed i mean you know i guess the uh the absolute ideal is we just keep you know playing the same attacking formation, attacking style for the the whole ninety minutes. But I mean, as as Wilder sort of said afterwards, you know, we we don't have the energy to do that. No, no, three games the, a week, And minutes. I think the
1: problem is with with Duffy being so key to what we do. Obviously, Brooks had moved on. The brought Wood, Woodburn in as someone as an alternative and come on and do that role. And he's he's not really done that. He's not really quite got to the level that we need yet. It means Duffy's he's not going to, you know, he's very rarely ever completes, you know, more than sort of 60, 65, 70 minutes. You, you bring him off and then you're almost going to a more kind of orthodox midfield and you haven't got that attacking threat in front of him and we don't get on the ball as much. So it's still something that I think, um, well, it's still early days for Woodburn, but I think Wilder's going to have to look at that because it's such an important player for us, That that one just in front of the midfield.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh let's get on to some player ratings then. So, uh as with the previous one, I've um I've not looked at your match report and your ratings yet. So, after this podcast, I can go and read them and uh, to, my, to my heart's content, but um yeah, let's uh so let's start with the goalkeeper then, Dean Henderson. So, uh yeah, what, what was your what's your rating for him out of 10?
1: Um, I think I gave Henderson a seven, um, which, um, I think was more a reflection over um, the kind of amount he, he had to do, really. Um, which wasn't particularly much. Um, I, don't, I can't recall him making many, many saves over the kind of piece, I can't remember him, you know, he, doing particularly much. His handling was fine um, he didn't have much chance with the goals. The first one kind of went into the far post. The second one, obviously wrong footed him. Um, he caught a few crosses. He mopped up, he took a few, couple of big ones in stoppage time when they were pumping balls into the box. And it was good yeah. that his handling was sound. And there was one right near the end where he just come, took it looked really calm and composed. Um, I think probably the most outstanding thing he did was was his celebration in front of the Southam, <laughs> which obviously showed what it meant to him. I mean, he clearly is a as we've said before a, a real character. He's not a lone player that's going through the motions. He he really cares. He plays with a smile on his face. But yeah, just as I say, a game where he did everything he had to do, really, but wasn't really troubled.
0: Yeah, no, I've, I've gone exactly the same, and you've, uh, with a seven out of ten, and you've you've pretty much said exactly what I've noted down here. Um, yeah, I saw that United have uh, on their YouTube channel have put a, a Dino cam on for his celebration for our three goals. Which, yeah, as you say, just fantastic. The first goal goes knee sliding towards the cop and then the winner is uh, he repeats the same trick towards the south stand. And I don't know the
1: the, 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 whether any of the officials saw it because technically he uh, he celebrated with the crowd. So uh, I was surprised somebody didn't he didn't <laughs> win that yellow card. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he'll have to will have to watch that if that carries on. <laughs> yeah, agree with that one. Uh Ender Stevens. So I thought Stevens had a really good game actually. Probably um probably his best game of the season. There might be one that I'm forgetting here from uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I went eight out of ten. He uh created three chances, which was the most out of all the blades and uh, joint most of all players and got a you know a huge assist when we really needed it. It was you know, a brilliant bit of play from him. I mean, yeah, he was, you know, relatively unchallenged when he picks it up, but you know, for him to recognise that space, drive into the box, get to the byline, commit the keeper and the defender, and then you know, instead of just drilling in across, he f- he finds an open man, McGoldrick, who you know pretty much couldn't miss, to be honest. So, yeah, I thought he was really good. He uh, he completed more crosses than any other player on the pitch. Um, I think probably in the running for man of, Ma- man of the match. To be honest, I mean, the only the only real blemish you could possibly throw at him is that that first goal of Preston's did come from his area. But you know, we, as you we said, we were kind of in a almost a reshuffle mode at that point. So I will not apportion too much blame to him for
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I I gave him seven and a half, but I can easily see why why it could have been A. I mean, when I do these ratings, there's a couple that I've thought back and think, "Mm, might be, could be slightly higher. Um, And and that's one of them. So um, everything you've said, I I agreed with. Um, I think we saw the difference when he plays compared to what, you know, what, what we had in the week with, with, with Johnson. And I think, again, I, I'm probably been one of his biggest fans and have kind of defended him. I, I acknowledge some of these um, kind of deficiencies and some of the things that happened towards the end of last season where he wasn't quite at it. But, I mean, the, 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 the big thing for me was he, he has done that so many times where he's kind of burst down the wing and and got in behind. And then the final ball so often has not quite, you know, been at it. So it was great to see him kind of surge. He kind of drop feign, drop the shoulder uh, and just a lovely ball. It dissected both defenders, and he just put it on a on a on a plate for McGoldrick. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought he had a really good game. Mm.
0: I think you made a good point there with um, you know about rotation as well. With you know that now that we have got Johnson and yeah, Stevens definitely faded down the stretch last season. And you know having somebody else that we can kind of drop into that position to give him you know a game off every now and again, as we did on Wednesday night, is definitely going to benefit him and us in the long run. I think, but yeah. Good, good game from him. Uh, what about Jack O'Connell? What'd you give him?
1: Um, gave him seven. It could mm-hmm. have been seven and a half. Uh, I thought he had a solid game. Uh, he made one really good block, I think, from a shot in mm. the first, first half. He got a couple of good tackles in interceptions um he sort of covered the ground okay and I certainly I thought he was improved from that like many of the players from the Birmingham game I thought towards the end he did switch off a little bit I was was sort of watching the the defense and there was a few times when sort of balls were coming across or or certainly I thought Robinson got got in on him a few times and just kind of got first to the ball and didn't quite get you know I think one of his strengths O'Connell is he comes onto the ball and he wins it and he poses himself um as I said, I just thought I thought he was he was fine. He, he, he perhaps wasn't one of the standout defenders, but he he was okay.
0: Yeah, no, pretty much the same. Seven out of ten as well. Uh, yeah, that that block was pretty huge actually in the first half. So I think we lost the ball on the edge of our area, which was like basically the only opportunities Preston had came from us doing that in the first half. Um, yeah, he led the team in uh, defensive uh, aerial wins as well, if you like, with eight out of twelve, which is you know very very high success rate. Uh, pretty unlucky to see the second goal sort of just hit him on the legs and go in but yeah overall solid enough I thought um, next is John Egan, do you know I I didn't think he was that good actually I thought this was one of his sort of slightly below par performances after a string of very good ones so I was 6 out of 10 um, he sort of, it kind of lost a key header for a, a header chance for Preston um, as they were kind of starting to get back into it I think it sort of, I don't know if it hit Henderson or hit one of our players but kind of you know, uh, sort of it caused a bit of a mad scramble, but um yeah, he was uh it was very high. I think it was the highest in the team on interceptions, but I think he won only fifty percent of his, his headers and he does lose Robinson for uh, the first goal as well. I mean, you can see how annoyed he is at that on the replays, you know, he's not beating the ground pretty much so that he's you know, that cross just basically just went out of his reach and ended up in the back of the net. But yeah, a sort of okay but not not so good performance,
1: so it's six out of ten. I, I that's slightly different on this one, but a bit of controversy. Yeah. I, I guess gave seven and a half out of oh, ten. Right. Um I mean I've not had the uh when I wrote these, I didn't have the kind of um obviously the stats to hand in terms of, and obviously you've you've given some 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 of the good uh evidence to, to to why perhaps slightly lower. And you're right, he switched off on the goal a little bit as as Robinson sort of beat him to that pullback. Um, but I, I thought he was still OK. I thought he made a couple of really good tackles in the first half. There was another one when, and we'll come on to Basham in a minute, when he lost it and he did like a sort of sliding retrieval where he kind of tackled the ball and sort of um, as the defender was sort of running through. I, I thought he'd actually won a lot of the headers. Obviously, your stats uh, disagree with that and are probably more accurate. But I thought he kind of tackled the ball. I thought he came on to it well. Uh, I thought like most defense became a bit ragged at the end, but I, I don't necessarily think that was down to you know the defense as a unit. I think it was the whole shape and the lack of protection in front of him. um but I, I think hes I think he's just been really consistent since that first couple of games. Mm. he's you know he he's shown why why wilder why Wilder was after him for so long. um and he he just he just looks a very very comfortable center back and um, I don't know what the stats are at this day of the season compared to what we were at the you know, previous season in terms of goals conceded. We're still conceding some silly goals, but I don't know, I just feel a little bit more with, with him, we've got we've got someone who's and it's no offense to to Stearman, but he just seems airily that he's gonna win one or two headers, key headers from set plays and things that we were losing last year and then we're leading to quite routine goals. Uh, I think of that Barnsley game at the end of the season we just awful goals we gave away, where we mm. did have someone attacking the ball. Uh, I think at least with him, we've got someone who's going to, you know, in that middle area that's going to, you know, just come through everything if he needs to, to win it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, to be fair, I'm, you know, one thing I can't see is who uh, he was kind of challenging with those, those aerial duels. So it may well be he's going up against, uh, is it... Um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the the striker now
1: for for Preston, but you know, fairly is is it Barkhausen something like okay, that? Okay, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the lad who was kind of playing midfield and then was pushed onto. Yeah, so it may well be that you know
0: he's matched up against uh, Preston's best header of the ball, yeah. and you know, so that kind of tilts it a bit. But yeah, I, I, I conquer. Very, you know, it was a decent enough game from my point of view just maybe a slight slight notch below what I'd kind of seen from him in previous games but there you go uh, what about Chris Basham you just mentioned him what rate um, did you give for him?
1: I gave him seven and a half it could have been a, a touch lower uh, I thought first half he, he had a bit of a a bit of a wretched start actually he made two or three mistakes he seemed to permanently have his hand up apologising at one <laughs> spell uh, I think as I say we mentioned O'Connell got him out of the cart on one occasion and then I think Egan did the same with another one and the they, they were quite good chances, but Preston obviously were, didn't quite get in. They didn't have the bodies forward and we made good tackles. But um, he got better after that. He kept going. He made a n- number of good interceptions. He did his usual sort of surging forward and kind of carried the ball forward. In fact, I think the whole kind of team in terms of how we sat and play with the wing-backs going forward, the two overlapping centre-backs, we just saw them more in the opposition half than we did in the in the Birmingham game. Um he scored a great headed goal I think he so often goes up for corners and set plays and he doesn't seem to get anywhere near them after the time I'm <laughs> um at least O'Connell over last season you know I know he bash probably did score a few goals but um, he doesn't I can't remember I think he scored one against Ipswich didn't he when he got forward for That's an across right, yeah. far post where it was more in general play um, he might have been playing in midfield perhaps that game but I don't know. He does. He doesn't seem to offer much of an attacking tech when he goes up those corners. He's be more of a nuisance fact. So I was quite shocked when the ball hit the net. And I, at first I thought, "Oh, is it Egan? Or is it and you?" Can quite see. And then I saw him sort of spread it in a way. I was, I was quite I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but again, a, another another good performance for me. Um, he was kind of closest to. Um, he, he was not far off on the on the second goal in terms of. Um, Johnson, but I think again he was just a bit like the other one. He just reacted. He was the first one that kind of came across. I don't think I can really portion any blame for him to that.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've, I've umdenard on this. In fact, I've changed it twice while you've been talking, and I'm still not sure if I'm happy with it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go for an eight out of ten. Uh, I was a seven originally, um, but yeah, just looking at my other ratings, I think that's probably fair given that given that he did score a fantastic header and he, he created another chance as well, but. Yeah, I mean, as you say, he did lose the ball quite a few times. He he couldn't get back to uh, to cover Robinson for the first goal. But and I did think his performance kind of suffered a bit when he moved into midfield. Although, you know, again, how much of that is his fault and you know just a a a team wide problem there. Um, He actually inadvertently created our opening goal. I thought by uh, I think he it got forward, lost the ball, they countered. They lost the ball and then we counted again and scored. And it was like the first time they'd had three or four players inside our yeah, half. Secondary so.
1: assist for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should do, really, shouldn't you? Um, but yeah, as you say, good, to, good to see him getting on the score sheet. Um, all right, Kieran Freeman next, another player who came back into the team after getting Wednesday night off. Uh, I went seven out of ten. I thought a decent performance, a, a, a brilliant through ball to create the opening goal. Um, you know, McGoldrick times his run perfectly, but a, a really perfectly weighted ball to give him a chance to get onto it. I mean you could say the the equalizing goal for Preston comes from his area of the pitch but again we're kind of reshaping at that time. Uh he created two of the chances. His passing was very good in the particularly in the final third and defensive numbers were pretty pretty impressive as well. He two out of three aerial wins, two out of four tackles and an interception as well. So uh, not not a spectacular kind of game-changing performance but a good solid
1: 7 out of 10 I think. Yeah, I agreed. I gave him seven as well. Um, I noted that again. Just spoke about the comparison with with Johnson and uh, and Stevens, and I thought it was the same in terms of him coming in for for Baldock. We just see more on the front foot with those, those who playing, and it just seems more of a threat. Mm. Um, you mentioned it was a superb ball for the for the first goal, we sort of dissected between two defenders. Um, and, and, again, you, you're right, the, 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 this equaliser for them was, was I think, was threaded through, sort of cut between him and Duffy was sort of around there. And um, it, it was just everyone was all over that place at that mm. point, than him being sort of, you know, necessarily to blame. But, yeah, the, the decent performance. Nice. What about uh, John Flick? What do you think to him? Um, I actually gave him the lowest mark of the three midfielders on, on Saturday there was a, a, a big improvement from all three of them I only gave him a six actually I mean I'm sure mm. I think it surprised me because sometimes when I, when I listen to some of your stats that you throw out and I realise how many times he carried the ball forward how many dribbles he had um, and I'm sure you may do that again in a moment but um, I don't know I just I don't think he was again he was better than, than Tuesday night he did some okay things he moved the ball on a few times but he, he lost the ball a few times as well and mm. um I didn't see as many of those, I didn't feel like anyway, he had as many of those surging runs and things where he carries it on. Uh, he left a couple of passes short and I don't know, he just wasn't quite as involved as he as he normally has been. And as I said the, the, last week, he, he takes him a bit of time to, it almost takes him a couple of games when he has a, a game or so off. Um, maybe he's still carrying a bit of a knock, maybe he's not quite fully fit, but I'm being probably a bit critical. I just think the standards he set, it was an okay performance. You know, he's probably still better than most of that you know, midfielders, but um, not quite the fleck that we kind of we kind normally expect.
0: Yeah, you, you're you almost talking me into it there, actually. I've gone 7 out of 10, but it's quite a compelling argument, particularly when I kind of uh, look at what I've noted down. I mean, you know, you said I might throw some stats at you there, but I actually can't because he, he didn't really impact the game that much, certainly not in the way that he did uh, before his injury um, a few weeks ago. I mean, it's certainly better than the other night, but still pretty marginalised and... Yeah, really faded in the second half. I can't remember
1: any run that he carried it where he made a chance, where he had a shot or a cross. He was okay, he was tidy enough, but he he didn't really affect the game in the same way that he he normally does.
0: Exactly that, yeah. No, he didn't take a single shot in the game, um, which, you know, I would certainly have liked to have seen him drive forward and and try that kind of thing when we were really on top, but then I suppose you could say Preston were a bit of a wall at that point, so, you know, maybe the more sensible option was try and get it wide, I guess. But. Yeah, just a sort of marginalised performance, really. Decent enough, you know. He, he didn't do anything wrong, and actually, his defensive work as on Wednesday night was was really good. He was uh, he had um, more tackles than any other player on the pitch, and a, a block shot as well. But yeah, would would have liked to have seen a little bit more. But as you say, potentially still kind of feeling his way back from that injury, I guess. So decent enough, but would would need a bit more for him to get up to a eight or nine level, I think. Uh, Mark Duffy, I have also given a 7 out of 10 to. Uh, Great through ball for McGoldrick in the second half, which uh, McGoldrick unfortunately put wide. Um, He led all players for completed passes in the attacking third. He created another chance as well. Um, He was surprisingly sort of industrious in midfield, I thought. He, um, he, He had seven ball recoveries, which is very high for him in the position he plays, and it was actually only two below the highest mark of any player on the pitch, so... Yeah, pretty. Uh, he was he was very heavily involved. Again, maybe, maybe it would have been nice to see him. There was certainly a couple of times where I thought, oh, why has he not pulled the trigger and taken a shot on there? Certainly in the second half, there was one moment where, yeah, we kind of broke on them and it looked like we were about to get a third goal and then he, he sort of chose a safer option. It, it looked like it was going to be a um, a carbon copy of the goal he scored against Villa, actually, but then, yeah, he kind of checked out of it. But, yeah, decent enough game, I thought, 7 out of 10.
1: Uh game's slightly lower, but only, the reflection of that game six and a half was again, unfortunately, a kind of look at the, the two halves. Um I thought like you first off you saw a lot of the ball and was was, was busy and all our good attacks seemed to be and through him. Um and a lot of our kind of half chances chances came from him being at the start of those. Uh, they they like with a lot of teams, they seem to obviously earmark him out as a, as, a, as a threat, and he get he got kind of players swarming round him. It's quite difficult; he had to kind of move it on quite quickly and then go and mm. find space. But he often does that. He finds those little areas where he sort of moves off the man, and we have the little wall passes, little triangles down normally down the left hand side. Um, uh, he played in McGoldrick for the for the chance that really should have finished the game when he sort of pulled that mm. shot wide. Um, it's kind of the same off font. I don't want to feel like I'm repeating myself, but I, I did think as the game went on, again he, he tired quite a lot, and obviously they start to have more of the ball. And I, I can't remember him. I know he, he came off eventually, but he didn't come off. I think I think he came off when it was two-two, didn't he? he? Came off uh, for Clark, didn't they? Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, only kind of
1: uh, five or uh, six minutes I, I, left. And that that ten-fifty-minute speller. Uh, it's hard for him because wanting him to sit in a little bit that's not his game and then we changed the formation I don't think he really quite knew where he was meant to play and he seemed to drift over
0: It so, almost looked like he was moving I mean you mentioned you know, a sort of 4-1-4-1 4-1, but it, it almost looked like he was playing just off McGoldrick for a yeah. while I think after yeah. Sharp went off which yeah was, is a slightly different role for him
1: Yeah but but like with, with any performances with, with United it seems like he is so key he has a bad game or he's not quite at it and we, and, and we do struggle so um, it's a little w- worrying that you know. What I mean, we are kind of still quite reliant on him. Um, mm. I know he's never been blessed with pace, and that's never going to be a sort of thing, a sort of factor moving forward. But uh, I think it's something we need to kind of be thinking about in in January. And I know obviously we were looking at a few players, such as Luke Freeman. But I think it's, as I say, with I'm hoping Woodburn will come good. I'm hoping um, you know he'll, he'll gradually be able to sort of. Find his feet a little bit, but um, I don't know whether we've got time to keep, you know, trying him and trying him and trying him. He is only a kid, and um, maybe, maybe it's, it's sort of a, a little bit too much just to come on in front of, you know, twenty-five thousand people. And he only often gets twenty minutes, but I think he's—it's almost like we're going to have to give him a couple of starts, you know, where where he'll gradually find his feet for him to improve. But do we have a chance to be able to do that? It's—it's it's a hard. Yeah,
0: one. it has been a bit unfortunate with Woodburn recently, actually, because as you say, we we've just not really we haven't really had many game situations where you think, okay, now's a good time to try it. I mean, you know, you could say, well, we're 4-1 up against Villa. What a great time. But, you know, it made sense to kind of shift to kind of shut that game down. I mean, I suppose the only one you could say is maybe, um, maybe against Birmingham midweek, but again, you know, they would come in on strong. Do you want to, you know, throw in a very inexperienced player when you're, you know, suddenly under the cosh a little bit, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you can get some game time and, uh, be a good sort of rotation player there but yeah i guess we should say uh uh happy bouncing day anniversary as well for yesterday seeing as we talk about mark Duffy so i can't believe that's already a year. what a great time we're that was.
1: bringing caps out now
0: <laughs> I saw that yeah excellent i'm not i'm not sure i'll be uh, acquiring one of those no, but um, but no. they are a very it's, fine it's wild item. the Wednesday
1: fans though so that's uh, that's <laughs> always a, always a plus i don't think the quite realize it's very much tongue in cheek yeah obviously
0: <laughs> All right uh, next was Ollie Norwood what did you go for
1: here? Uh, I gave him seven but I think that's a bit low I've put even reflection If I did it now it'd probably be more seven and a half out of ten. Mm. Um, he had obviously a bit of a nightmare in the, in the Birmingham game um, and was nowhere near was kind of the standards that he set in pretty much every other game he's played um, but he was much more like it on on Saturday. Um, it was a, it was a decent to good performance he, he got on the ball he was, his passing was just a lot more careful. Uh, his set plays were better I felt we were dangerous from some of the corners that came in obviously Mm. we've mentioned the delivery for the Basham goal the sort of hit with pace and into a great area Um, probably one of the reasons why I kind of erred between a 7 and a a 7.5 out 10 I thought he got very sloppy near the end uh, Mm. that spell um, gave it away a few times he he, did he has had sort of a, a thing for sort of giving away quite a few cheap fouls as well and he, he got booked to, I think did he get booked again I think I'm not sure whether he got booked again but he certainly committed a few fouls that kind of put us under pressure and I think the whole midfield started to lose control a little bit after we, we dominate for so long and that's nitpicking a bit because I say for 60-65 minutes um, he was probably the, the you know the standout midfielder on the pitch and was again was, yeah, he just looks for the ball he's just constantly in motion his mobility as he moves across the park he's you know what I mean? He's he's quite excited to think about when Coots finally finally does come back. That we, you know the options we could have in that area. Um, I'm yeah. still not quite sure how they would work it in terms of who would be the most deep line midfield and who who would be more attacking if he plays sort of um, the, the the three of them. But I think with good players, you you don't worry about that and you, you just play them and let 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 them go. Indeed,
0: uh, yes, he did get booked. Actually, I will just double check that. Um, yeah, booked in the 63rd minute. Um, yeah, I went eight out of ten actually. Just a big improvement for Wednesday, although, you know, that's not not saying very much. Uh obviously got an assist with another brilliant set piece. He had most touches out of all the players. I thought his crossfield passing was fantastic in that, you know, particularly in the first half when Preston was so deep and he could just sort of sit like thirty yards from goal and he's just, you know, switching us from flank to flank. We you know really really quick, accurate passing it, getting it out to the wing-backs, you know, that that really helped us create, I thought, in that first half. I mean, as you say, the only the only slight I had on his performance is he went missing a bit in the second half, failed to track Johnson as well for the equaliser. So, yeah, you know, kind of culpable with that whole midfield three, really, of, um, you know, not able to get us on the ball when we really needed it at that sort of crucial moment. But overall, uh, a very good performance, uh, I'd say certainly for 70 minutes. So, yeah, I went eight out of 10. Um on to the strikers now so let's do billy sharp first uh i've also gone eight out of ten uh just billy doing what billy does really you know right place right time just takes one shot scores one goal um although you know i will say i thought he did a really good job kind of linking play in this game you know sort of running the channels helping us get up the pitch i think he completed um yes 11 out of 15 passes in the final third and and three out of three in the penalty area as well so you know, stayed involved on an attacking perspective, even though, you know, he didn't end up taking many shots or having many chances. But yeah, it's always, as always, kind of Johnny on the spot with a goal when we need it. So yeah, eight out of 10 for me.
1: Well, this is one where I gave him, this might, again, might be a bit of a difference. I was quite a lot like, I only gave him six, actually, on Oh, the, really? Yeah. Okay, um, go on. I don't, well, he's got the goal, which I suppose automatically kind of, you know, like you said, he was on the spot, tucked it away. I can't recall him being as involved as, as perhaps you know his stats have, have sort of borne out there. He, he, I can't remember him having that many touches. Or I didn't think he did certainly kind of uh, significant touches. Um, I can't remember any other chances in the game. I can't remember him creating any other chances. Um, he held the ball up a couple of times. And I, th- I thought there was a lot of effort. You know, I thought he ran around mm. and a lot of chase things. Um, but I can't again. I can't call him winning too many fouls or, or linking play that much. Um, he was okay. He was a decent performance and he scored, but I don't know, maybe I saw it slightly differently, but uh, as I say, uh, on reflection, probably a little bit low thinking back uh, when when, he scored a goal, but um, I don't know. I I think when he plays, we we always seem like we're going to score more goals just because he's there and he's always around and always can kind of get on the shoulder and and take those chances, but um, he is that sort of player where he's not going to be massively involved in games. He's not going to be like that kind of petrol in motion player that's constantly chasing defenders. So maybe, maybe I should just accept what he is, uh, which is a very good striker um, and, and puts the ball in the net.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he's sparring when you say, you know, even his even his absolute best, he's not really involved that much. I'm just trying to think what my kind of internal logic is for some of these ratings. And I guess I'm, I guess I'm probably comparing him to other Billy performances, I suppose. And, you know, hat-trick's probably a 10 out of 10, but... You know, from from what his role is in our team, I thought, which isn't, you know, it's not like McGoldrick, you know, drop off, get involved and stuff. So yeah, for for his role, I thought, uh, yeah, good, a good showing from him. And yeah, as as I've kind of banged on about loads of times on this, you know, that there is a skill in scoring tap ins. You know, the uh, the Preston central defender is nowhere near him when he scores, which is, you know. Obviously, terrible defending on her part, but just shows the anticipation that Sharp has over, so over the defence.
1: everybody thought, is he offside? And we sort of looked across him, but there was, he wasn't even close to being offside. No, no. not even remotely. It was quite strange that nobody went with him. and uh, I mean, obviously, there was a little bit of fortune that came off the goalkeeper, but you know what I mean? There's always a chance if he hadn't come to the goalkeeper, McGoldwick could have centred it. And there was, mm. I think it was quite a heated argument between. Uh, The the two centre backs after the ball hit the net.
0: (laughs) Definitely. All right. Last one. Uh, David McGoldrick. What did you go for? Uh,
1: I gave him an eight out of ten. I thought he could have been even a bit higher. I thought I thought he was our best player on Saturday. I thought he was. I think he got mad of the match with the uh, um, sort of the the the, the silly fans vote, which I can't. I I don't know why they do that, (laughs) but that's another point. I thought he led the line really well. I thought he worked incredibly hard. I thought he held it up. Uh, some lovely sort of close control and touches where he sort of manoeuvred the, the, the ball around and found players. Um, sort of showed his running. He's quite strong. Uh, I thought they, they just couldn't really get a hold of him all, all game. Um, he he did miss a sort of a, a trio sort of headed chances first off but I don't I don't think they were good chances. No, uh, one was 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 okay. Sort of headed wide. There was another one on the stretch. Um, The only thing I will say, he has had quite a few headed chances now in games um, and he doesn't seem to be working the goalkeeper perhaps as much from from those chances. But again, that's that's been a little bit critical. But overall, I just thought he kept plugging away. He he pulled that chance wide, not quite an cross with himself when he did that, but kept going and he deserved his goal, deserved to be the match winner. Yes, it was only a tap in a bit like Sharks, but he had to be there he had to show that kind of composure to sort of finish it off and he's been a really good sign so far he's, he's been a pleasant surprise to me I, I thought he would come in be a kind of a bit part player, a bit of a Donaldson we'd see him now and again off the bench but he's almost made himself the, the kind of number one striker at the moment and that could change in in a few weeks and you know, could lose form or Clark could get back to form but uh been, been really really pleased with him
0: yeah definitely I mean yeah it's interesting you say that i I kind of imagine he was brought in to have that kind of role. You know, the, the sort of a rotation striker, if you like, but has very quickly sort of established himself. And, yeah, he's, he's a far better footballer than I, I thought he was. And, I, you know, I read the sort of uh, the reviews of him from Ipswich fans who, you know, basically said it would be brilliant if he could stay fit. And, you know, touch wood, we're kind of seeing that so far. But, yeah, on Saturday, uh, I've gone 9 out of 10. He was my man of the match. As you say, missed a few chances. He had another... One of his headers, I think, was on target. Was sort of right behind it, but uh, was blocked by a defender. You couldn't say cleared off the line because it was about six yards Ah, uh, that was the
1: one that, yeah, the, the player did, the defender came in, didn't he, when he headed it? Yeah, the...
0: that's right. Um, yeah, sort of uh, inadvertent assist for the opener. I thought he, yeah, timed some of his runs brilliantly. You know, the the first goal and then the chance that he missed as well. You know, he actually, he ended up outpacing the defender simply because he timed his run so perfectly. Yeah. Um, I thought sort of the weaknesses in his game kind of showed up a bit in the second half when he was kind of isolated up front on his own. You know, he's not really a sort of physical target man. I mean, we kind of talked on this podcast before about how when he gets... When he, you know, can receive the ball, it, he's extremely hard to dispossess because he's so good at controlling it and dribbling into space with it. But, yeah, when it's kind of lumped up to him, is is not so good, I guess. And kind of saw that and for a spell this weekend. But, yeah, overall... Uh, a, a very impactful extremely good performance so uh yeah 9 out of 10 for me i, I um, think
1: what mcgoldrick shows for me as well is you shouldn't always take uh too much into it when you know when you see games uh, you see players over the years and you see odd snippets of them or you watch the odd game so you might see nip snippet maybe play a couple of times and you have kind of a uh, a stereotype or a perception of a player and for me i kind of in my head had him as a bit of a target man a bit of a hold up player and, and I've been completely wrong in that. Um, and he's a player I've seen a bit over the years, but technically I've just been, you know, quite really surprised at how good he is. And he's he isn't really that kind of player where you can hit the balls into him. He's someone who'll link play, someone who'll run on, he's someone who'll, you know, combine. And um, I think I think you only see that when you sign a player when you see him week in, week out, and you kind of see how how good, or in some cases, how, how poor that, that they are.
0: Mm, absolutely. Very good point. Um, all right what about uh, opposition player of the match I'll, I'll give you the first first dibs on this because yeah even though I mean I said at the top you know Preston's attitude to this game was pretty pretty horrific but they do have some good players and yeah there's a there's certainly one that caught the eye for me maybe a couple others you could throw out as well but I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll let you take this one
1: um I, I I mean I thought Robinson was was quite lively he was certainly the liveliest attacker and and kind of Caused a bit of a threat. Um, If I had to say, it would be between him and and probably Johnson who came on. I know that sounds um, a bit ridiculous when he he was only on the field. But he made such a difference in terms of he he got on the ball, he kind of linked play. He, he, He was the only one who seemed to carry it forward. Um, so you can't I've kind of splitting airs between those so I thought the lad Brown had a decent game at times, but I thought first half he, he was never in it. But again, I don't think the way they were set up helped him at all because he, he couldn't get on the ball. He was just doing a kind of dogged defensive role. Um if I had to have a push I'd probably I'd probably say Robinson just because over the over the course of the piece. And I just don't think he got any help. He was kind of isolated. And when he did have the ball or was given opportunities, I thought he, he did pretty well when he had it.
0: Yeah, no I I went with Callum Robinson as well so this is the uh this is Preston's number 7 if uh, anybody's not sure who we're talking about. I, I thought he just he just caught the eye as the the only Preston player to do anything for about 80 minutes. Um you know, he's kind of playing in that sort of space we we usually see Duffy operating, you know, kind of slightly inside left if you like and you know, he was just dangerous looking every time he got the ball, you know, he kind of I think he won it a couple of times quite high up the pitch and then you know, he he looked to kind of dribble past players and have a shot I think he uh, yeah, he completed the most dribbles out of any players and obviously got a goal with a, a good burst into the box as well so yeah uh, certainly for the first 60-70 minutes or so the only Preston player that I would think oh I would quite quite like him yeah. at United and uh, yeah. yeah I think they, I- are,
1: they are missing a, sort of a couple of players uh, I mean obviously Ben Pearson who's Probably to them, kind of what Fleck is towards is, is is suspended. They've got a couple of others. I think it's is it Maguire that's um, that did yeah often at the end of last season that, that that's out injured. Um, but uh, I, I'm like you with I think once once they, they they get a bit like sort of some of the other teams. QPR got a couple of wins and sort of picked up. It's just kind of getting that that confidence back. And I've no doubt that they'll kind of move move away. But they, they certainly have to change their approach pretty pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, All right, that's a good point to segue actually into uh, the next section uh, that we want to talk about. So um, at the start of this season, and indeed at the end of every season, you do a very detailed, very interesting uh, preview or or review in the style of a a school report at the end of the season. Um, And obviously you did one for the championship this year. And uh, yeah, I thought it would be interesting to kind of discuss your your pre-season predictions and expectations for both for United and for the, the league as a whole um, and see, yeah, I guess see if it's tracking as you'd expected or you know whether there's anything that you've changed your mind on. So we're not going to run through every single team. We're going to pick out, uh, I guess, a few that uh, make for interesting talking points. But I suppose probably the, the most obvious place to start is um, you predicted Sheffield United to come 11th in the league. Uh, do you still think that that is going to be the case? I mean, not not specifically 11th, but you know, do you think we kind of finish that sort of, I guess, bang on mid-table I, rather than like I a think, real playoff? Hold challenge?
1: on to your hats, here. I think we will finish higher than that. I actually, wow! Yeah, I, th- I think we will be in and around the edges of the playoff places. Uh, I think we've had a better start than than I thought we would have. Uh, I thought it'd be hard. I thought with the end of last season. Um, sort of the momentum. I, th- I thought it'd been difficult, and then when we lost those first two games, I was, I was very concerned. But mm. the the kind of Norwood um, Evans switch has been huge, has been mm. absolutely huge in terms of kind of impacting the way we play. Um, and it's been a really, really good start. Um, I, 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 whether we can maintain it in terms of that level of intensity, we sort. Of, and I think the problem is with United at the moment is the starting eleven, the eleven that can start on Saturday. Um, Coots may be coming back, but he's good. It's he's, he, he's a good starting 11. It's 11 that, if they keep up their standard of form, could be around that sort of fifth, sixth place. The concern is if we get injuries, if we've seen when we've rotated things, that I think there is quite a big drop off. And I think there are a few other teams towards the top which come on to that they've literally got more money to spend. They've got deep mm. squads. It's not Wilder's fault by any stretch, but that concerns me a little bit. And I think when January comes around, if we can kind of keep around the sort of position we're in or around that top six bringing in that real quality up front bringing in that kind of alternative to Duffy and a little bit more kind of quality that that we need and that that's now I know I was quite critical of the of the sort of Marvin Johnson Connor Washington Craney signings they're kind of squad fillers to me they're not much different to what the players we went out in terms of you know your leonards and your people like that i, I, mm. I just hope we could kind of push on and, and get those just extra two or three players and if we did that then then who knows but i i certainly think between fifth six if i'm being ultra optimist and around sort of i don't know around sort of eighth ninth if i'm sort of uh, but i do think we'll finish higher than the uh, the envisaged eleven.
0: excellent that's that's Great to hear. Well, I mean, well, you mentioned Norwood. Obviously, made the prediction long before uh, we signed him, as did I. Um, is, is there anything else you think that's kind of uh, that you've seen in these first nine games that's made you uh, adjust your prediction upwards slightly? Um, I mean, to an extent, you can say we have points yeah, on the board. I you think, know? I think
1: the, the signings that we brought in, in terms of the core signings, we mentioned Norwood, but I think Henderson's been. Um, obviously Wilder had talked him up as, as they'd scouted him and seen him as the best goalkeeper outside the Premier League it was quite a bold statement from Wilder, but um, we're seeing he is a very good goalkeeper. Well, I mean, things can change, but on on the evidence we've seen so far, um, he's probably even an upgrade on Blackman who did really well last season. Uh, Egan's been, you know, after a, a sort of dodgy start, has improved. McGoldrick, we've mentioned, in terms of a bit of a surprise. And if you think about it, Clark's not got going at all yet as well. So, yeah, mm. um, I think they'd kind of those signings brought into the first eleven and, and, and most of the other players have kind of kept to around about the levels that they set certainly at the start of last season. Um but we I don't know, we just seem to have got, got back to that kind of level in terms of the pressing, in terms of the speed of play. It just always a bit slow and a bit methodical and we towards the end of last season and uh, we just seem to have kind of found us mojo a little bit again and uh, it's where we can keep that going. Um, that, that's going to be the key I think there's, there's too many times the, even a little bit this season where we've had those drop-offs sort of thing and we've, mm. we've got to kind of while they're often saying we've got to kind of keep that pedal down and just keep at it and, and make sure like we've got two getaway games coming up now that you can you kind of worry about and think mm, you know, Millwall are do a win <laughs> like tonight there's always that kind of feeling but when we haven't got a great record there but um, if we can come up with a couple of decent results from those away games then and stay around the same position it's just keeping that momentum going really I don't want us to be that team that again Wilder said it where you win a couple and then you draw a couple or lose a couple and um, but it's so tight it's so tight this season you, it, it
0: really is yeah. you're you down
1: to the middle if you have a, a couple of bad away perfor- results the next week or you, you come up with sort of three points four points or even six points you, you're right up with, the, with, those, with those top teams
0: yeah that's true I mean it's strange to say, really, but I haven't actually been thinking about our actual current league position. Just sort of the, just sort of the level of performance that I've seen from us in these first nine games, and yeah, it's been, it's been very encouraging. I mean, I, I think our predicted table had United as eighth. I sort of, I thought we would be challenging for the playoffs, but probably just miss out. And I, I'm kind of sticking with that. But I think one of the, um, you know, one of the major things is uh, goals from other areas of the pitch to. Uh, a degree we we didn't have almost the entirety of last season, and obviously set pieces have played a big part. of That you know, Egan scored. We didn't have him last season. O'Connell didn't score all last season. You know, Norwood's got a goal. Uh, Fleck has a goal. I think. Am I
1: it's, making that? Um, up? Asham. No, it's a really good point. That really good point because we were just such a reliance on the, on, on Clark and Sharp last season. Yeah. Score. You look at the Duffy get like I think two was it last season, which is you know what I mean for, for a player of his, his talent. Um, um and, and the same in the defense like you said they'd they'd saunter so up their goal, but so many times the corners were so poor the set play was so poor i know they missed chances but um yeah that is a, that is a really good point that i'd overlook that we we are getting goals from different areas
0: yeah and that, that kind of offsets the fact that you know clark is extremely unlikely to score 19 goals again this season um you know even before a sort of scoreless first nine games so yeah that definitely helps um I guess the, the next place to go to is uh, which teams have kind of surprised you the most based on uh, what you know now and what you said at the start. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I, I kind of looked at this, and um, I had I've had some teams that I kind of underpredicted, overpredicted, and some teams that are about right. Um, I've got three that are actually bang on so far, no. Another one that's only one place off. One of them is our <laughs> city rivals, actually, who I had pegged as tenth, and they are currently tenth. But um, in terms of the ones that are kind of underpredicted. I thought Leeds would do okay. I thought Leeds would certainly... um, I mean, he's obviously got a phenomenal track record um, in terms of where he's been, who he's managed. I think it was quite cool for Leeds to get hold of him, to be honest. Mm. But I I don't know. I I didn't think they'd quite get off to the start. If anything, I thought they'd probably start slowly... And as he kind of got his methods across and, and sort of got to know the English league, I, th- I thought they would kind of move up a little bit, but they've just been bang at it from the start. I know they had a, a, a defeat on Saturday, but um, when I've seen them, they've just swarmed over teams. They look a little bit like United did at the start of last season. They were sort of pressing teams. They were sort of, I mean, they're moving the ball quite quickly. Um, I actually don't think they've got that many great players, and, and that's a bit of a surprising thing to say. Um, there's nobody in that team that you think, "Wow, he's going to you know tear teams apart." They've got some good players, um, and, and they've brought in quite a lot of young, kind of energetic signings, which I think helps with the, the style of play that he wants to play. Um, do I think they'll keep it up? I actually don't. I think that the kind of level of play that they they have and the pressing, I think it'll be very difficult for them to. I think he's quite. Tens, he you know he wants quite high standards, and uh, I think I predict them to finish sixth, and I wouldn't be surprised if they are around about that at the end of the season. So, um, but they have they have certainly done better than I thought they would.
0: Yeah, I mean, me and uh, Jay talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago actually, but yeah, Leeds are overperforming very slightly. I there's a a, a website I, I use for this quite a lot, Infogold which does a um, they do an expected table kind of based on performance so far, and they actually have Leeds as the seventh best team so far um with United in eighth for context, but yeah I think they've I think Leeds were actually really unlucky to lose on uh on Saturday against Birmingham, looking at the um the stats from that game, but uh yeah at the same time they've been scoring goals at a almost unsustainably high rate based on the chances that they've had, and also they 've only conceded seven. Um, which is, I think, is, is a, a, a big overperformance from their defense as well. So, yeah, I, I can see them. I, if I had to bet, I would say that they'd be more likely to finish close to your predicted six than actual top of the league. I think, but yeah. Uh, any anyone else that's um, kind of surprised you? I suppose you, two, two, either two up or down?
1: teams, the Wigan and Black. Well, I suppose all three really. Rather have done slightly better than uh, than I thought they would have, but they, they've had very good home form. They obviously can't can't buy a point away from home but mm-hmm. w- Wigan and Blackburn have I, I thought they'd be okay in terms of not being near the bottom I think uh, um, I predicted Wigan to finish I think 14th and Blackburn to finish 18th and obviously Blackburn I think are 12th at the moment and Wigan are, Wigan are I think the fifth aren't they um, yes. and, and they are certainly have um, you know have, have surprised me a little bit and I think we got criticised last year when we talked about when we were you know, talking to other teams, supporters saying when they were just saying it was momentum that carries on, but there is a big thing for that. You've got that promotion. You're used to that kind of winning. Um, but they've got some good players. I mean, obviously Dak for Blackburn's, um, you know, just carried on his form. I wasn't sure whether he'd quite, you know, be able to do it at the championship level and he's, he's almost improved and he's, he's been a real kind of talisman for them. Wigan has signed a lot of players, but they've got a lot of experienced players as well. And, uh, Again, a bit like Rotherham, kind of relying on that home form. Um, um, but yeah, I don't think they keep it up. I think I think they will finish around about mid-table. A pair of them, but they've they've definitely started better than I thought. Um, Bolton started better than than, than I thought they did. I mean, I had Bolton as finishing uh, right near the bottom. I had him finishing 23rd and going down. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be dropping like a stone. And I know you- they will. You analysed their stats and and said look they are overachieving and it it seems like that was the case. I think ever since we played them, uh, I think they picked up one point I think from about four games and they did they, they they're sort of moving rapidly down the table and um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do uh, they do they do go eventually.
0: Yeah, I think they will. Infogol has them as the uh, the worst team in the league and yeah, from what I've seen of them, I would concur with that as well. Um, so just quickly then, who uh, if you had to pick three teams to go up right now,
1: who would they be? Let me just quickly run through what you had previously. So oh, like much, Stoke, Stoke winning which, the league. Which I'm obviously uh, way off at the moment, but I kind of went with the, the, the bookies in terms of that. But, but you look at the squad with the power and the pace and you know, the goals, they brought in Woods, they brought in Klukers, Phobie, you know yes, I mean Yes, yeah. They, they will move up, I'm certain. They've just got so many good players. I don't think kind of Routes quite kind of got the, the mix right there. And it's quite a poisonous atmosphere to get. I don't know whether you saw the game... Uh, bits of the game the other week when they uh, when, when they played I think they, it was a game where they, I think they ended up winning yeah they played Swansea and, didn't they I missed it but, um... every misplay it was like Bramall Lane on a bad day you know every misplaced pass, they were howling and it was like is this what it's like every week yeah I think they will they will come up um, up the table whether they'll finish in the top two if I had to go with top three now I, I look at Middlesbrough I mean they, they've only conceded. is it only is it only um Two goals in. Uh, sorry, three it's goals. I'm looking at three wrong. all season, isn't it? Yeah. So they
0: conceded two in the first game against uh, Millwall away. <laughs> they have conceded one more goal in their next eight games. I, I mean, mean that that sums it up. That's <laughs> just classic Pulis, isn't it? I mean, uh, my my wife mentioned this to me um, the other evening, and she's a Reading fan. But Reading, who are 20th, have scored more goals than Middlesbrough. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it, it's just classic Pulis. And uh, yeah, I, I can see them going up as well. Uh, I, I think sure.
1: probably them, if I had to say now, I think West Brom, uh, I know I'm calling it based on kind of the table how it is. I think I only, I had them about, I think I had them finish fifth and currently third. But again, a bit like Stoke, I, I look at the kind of players they've got and, and the, the sort of players they've brought in. I think kind of Gales were probably, probably more suited to kind of, the championship as well, than, than, than sort of Rondon. I thought that was quite a good trade-off for them in what they're trying to do. I think Barnes is a really good signing. Yeah, very uh, much so. Goal, Matt Phillips as well. Yeah, the goalkeeper Johnson did really well at Villa last season. Mm. Uh, they've just got they've just got so many good players, and I, I'd I'd be stunned if they're not around the sort of top three or four. Um, and I, I could probably see them and Middlesbrough being the two automatic if I had to have a punt now and with Stoke not quite having the the start that they've had. In terms of the other the other side, I'm not sure. I mean, there's a, there's a few that Forest have not quite gone as, as as well as I thought they had. It's taken them a little bit longer for some of the, the newer kind of players. They've signed quite a few kind of international players that haven't quite settled in yet, but they've, they've come up quite a bit from, from from a poor start, but um not sure at this stage. They might be around the players, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're, they're going to go up. Um, I think it could be any one of the number, really. I, th- I think I got criticised for saying Brentford again, but... they they seem to create so many chances and finally this season Morpe's taking a lot of them and I I wouldn't be massively surprised if Brentford got in the playoffs and went up and that's my bit of a wild punt for things I don't think he's doing it Um, as I say I think Stoke could kind of push on up and and be around there but I'm I'm going to go for Brentford as my kind of wild card as as the third team
0: yeah, no, it's, uh, I think Brentford have a very good chance of going up. I mean, as you say, they create so many chances. This year, uh, is just finishing them at a, a, frankly, absurd rate. I think he's averaging a goal every 60 minutes or something.
1: Um, he's suspended for, 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 for games as well. I know.
0: Isn't? I think he was suspended for, like, three games or something. But, I mean, ordinarily, you look at that and go, well, a goal every 60 minutes, I mean, that's clearly that's <laughs> not not going to carry on. You know, that's like Ronaldo Messi levels. But the amount of chances they create it actually could carry on I mean he could end up getting like 35 goals this season and firing into promotion and yeah I don't think that's I don't think that's a particularly wild one at all to be honest I think it could be spot on there Um, yeah Stoke are weird I wonder if they're heading for a um, a managerial parting of the ways I guess Uh, I would imagine if they lose another game they lost a they lost to the Blackburn this weekend, did they? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. They were, th- they were 3-0 down, weren't they? And the crowd were howling again, and then they had a, a late come, and they, they missed a penalty, didn't they? In the, in the...
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. I would imagine they are uh, maybe two more winless games from changing manager. Actually, you know, looking at InfoGoal again, they've actually played better than their performances. They're in 18th at the moment, but um, that reckons they're the fourth-best side on chances created and conceded. So... They're doing okay. They're not really having the rub of the green, but yeah, I, like you, I thought they would just absolutely dominate the league. I thought they'd be miles ahead by now. I mean, they're only nine points back, which admittedly is quite a long way, but not not huge at this stage of the season. But yeah, I think uh, I think certainly Middlesbrough, West Brom is is a great shout for for completely different reasons. Really, Middlesbrough are, are just going to one nil it every week, and uh, West Brom look like they can score three or four goals with the the massive amount of firepower they've got. Um what about down at the bottom of the league so uh you predicted from the bottom up uh Rotherham, Bolton and Ipswich what would you would you change any of that right I don't now know whether or?
1: I would to be honest Rotherham and Bolton uh, admittedly have had um decent starts um but I, I look at those. I kind of put down at the bottom. There's a few kind of established championship clubs that I just felt were were kind of slowly sinking each season, losing players, hmm. change managers. I'd add kind of QPR, Reading, and and probably Hull to that list. And I I, I would be staggered if it isn't three of the six the, the the Rotherham, Bolton, Ipswich, QPR, Reading, Hull. If it's not three from those six that come down, it, there might be someone else that kind of. Um, sort of drops into that that mix but I, I think uh, there's, there, those other teams looking over the shoulders and I'd, I wouldn't chat I think I think it was yourself or, or certainly you and Jay who said about Ipswich were going to do a little bit better than perhaps I'd, I'd put them in terms of Hurst obviously being a really good manager but i just look at the squad It's there's a lot of kind of punts on lower division players and hmm. um, there's no, there's not a lot of experience there. There's, you know, there's no real leaders. I don't really see where the goals are going to come from with the players that they've lost, and um, they're the ones that I kind of thought might be a, a little bit of a surprise in terms of in terms of going down. I think obviously Bolton and Rotherham less so.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on with the uh, three from those six. I uh, I believe my personal prediction was the same three teams as well: uh, Ipswich, Bolton, and Rotherham. I think Jay is definitely higher on ipswich than i was so maybe maybe they will slide out of it but yeah hull hull are the one for me that uh in a bit of trouble as well i think uh sliding into that but yeah well you know once you sort of scroll past those six then you're into uh you know you're into blackburn rovers have been brilliant you've got bristol city norwich that you there is 17th at the minute Uh, sorry let me just double check that uh, da, 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 da. Where is my league table? No, Nor- uh, uh, Norwich 11th, sorry, yeah. but I've actually played pretty well so far. Um, Info Goal has them actually better than us based on yeah chances created and conceded. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be stunned as you for anyone outside yeah, of those I, I think Millwall and
1: Preston will sort of gradually pull away. They've, they've got enough decent players. They've not had good starts, but I, I, I don't see either of those being in a relegation scrap.
0: yeah. I think yeah, I think I would stick with those three personally with Ipswich. I mean, they've not actually won a game yet, have they? And I, I guess they've been a bit unlucky with some of their some of their games. I think the, the Wednesday uh the Wednesday loss was quite unfortunate yeah. by by all accounts. But um yeah, difficult season for those certainly. Um Alright, I think that's everything then. Unless there's any, any other ones from your pre season you wanna kinda of call out? Any in we well our,
1: uh our city rivals. <laughs>
0: No, so well, I suppose that's a good place to finish.
1: Actually, do you do you still think they yeah, will uh, finish I, I above 10. us? And they're exactly as I thought. Ten. I got. I got. I got a lot of. Uh Sort of uh, stick for, for sort of pegging them slightly above us. I think I did that just to get some extra kind of traction out of the threads. <laughs> you know, um, but now um, they weren't going to do as badly as last season. Um, you you look at some of their players uh, that, that came back from injury, and they have got some good strikers. They've got they've got some different options up there. There's still a few that obviously aren't fit yet, but um, the, you know some good players. Bannon Bannon's an excellent player, and there's a lot of debate about him the flight, but he's a good player. Um, um, I'm still not sure about what you're doing with the goalkeeping situation. It seems a bit strange that your best goalkeeper is your, your third choice, but I think I think they'll finish around about middle. I don't think they've got enough to kind of push on for the for the top six, but they, they won't be near the bottom. I mean, they've had a good week really. I mean, they, they I, a few saying, you know, "Oh, wait till the tough games come." And they had on paper some 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 difficult fixtures with Stoke, Forest, and, uh, and Villa, and they, they took the same as us out of those three games, so they'll be they'll be quite pleased with that. But uh, mm. I think yes, that's, there was.
0: They were quite fortunate to get that points ball yes. from uh, most of the stats that I saw. Um, <laughs> yeah, Infogol do an interesting kind of fairness rating of like they match up the result with what their model has uh, should have happened. They give like a percentage to it. And Reading, uh, sorry, Reading Wednesday are always the one that uh, <laughs> seem to break their model, where it's say, like, yeah, they get a point or a win, and it's like. This had a thirteen percent chance of actually happening, so, and I think it was, uh, I think it was similar on Saturday where Villa missed some. I think uh, Albert Adoma missed a, a chance that gets scored like seventy percent of the time, which is ridiculously high. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still confident they'll finish below us, to be honest. Whether that's, whether that's tenth or or seventh yeah. or whatever,
1: but I think yeah, that's changed my prediction as well on that. I would certainly agree with that and think we'll, uh, we will be the top dogs again. Yeah,
0: did did the dead bat mask slip just a little bit there? Where you uh, you mentioned about you know putting a bit of clickbait in there to get some yeah yeah. To... <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have
1: you shouldn't have revealed that. Maybe I should edit edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> right, I think every year I do these predictions, and you, you're there to be shot at. Aren't you? It's, Absolutely, yeah, and it is a complete and utter punt And and sometimes you you're kind of influenced by by kind of how strong squads are, and on the paper you look at somebody like Stoke and think, how can they not be near the top? And then a few weeks in, you're kind of scratching your head. So but it is so tight at the moment and you revisit this again in sort of christmas time and you 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 look back and think what 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 was i talking about
0: <laughs> now well we uh, certainly you know speaking for myself but I'm sure i speak for uh, many many internet connected united fans who uh, very much appreciate the work that goes into those and yeah always a great read um david thank you very much for your time uh, you could probably just get back for the end of uh, of Man U derby now. So um
1: desperate. Oh, lucky well. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh
0: so people can check you out on Twitter, which remind me of the Twitter handle.
1: Uh I think Deadbat underscore dot uh, sorry, Deadbat underscore D B is my Twitter handle.
0: Excellent. And people should definitely go and follow you for more United related opinions and reports and that kind of stuff. Always always interesting to see your your take coming on Twitter after games. Um and yeah, I guess check your check out all your reports and you know general United takes on uh, the various forums as well. Um, all right, David, thank you very much again for giving up your time. Really, really enjoyed this one. Good to. Uh, you know, we we talked about a pretty dull game last time we spoke. So, you know, Preston and United. Yeah, you, you didn't to... owe
1: me. Invite me back on again. It's, that's <laughs> my sole appearance. Uh, and I Definitely. look forward to the uh, the normal the normal duo will be restored next week. The the Satan Greavesy of the uh, of the podcast <laughs> waves.
0: Excellent. I'll have to adopt that as a uh, as a tagline for the podcast. Um, But no, thanks. It's been uh, it's been great having you on. I'm I'm sure we'll uh, if you can spare the time and are interested. uh, I'm definitely keen to have you on again uh, later on in the season as well, particularly as we get towards um, uh, I guess towards the next transfer window, Mm -hmm. um, which is a little way off yet. But you know, always interested to get your kind of take on. The sort of players we should be trying to sign I suppose, but um, yeah, thanks very much again and uh, yeah, I'll I'll speak to you soon I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no worries, thanks Cheers David, bye bye